Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. Amen. So let me, let me backtrack a little bit. I feel compelled to remind each of you, and I remind myself of this very regularly, is that in, because of what Jesus did, we've been transferred from one kingdom into another. Is that right? Is that right? We were in a kingdom of darkness in slavery to Satan and sin and oppression. And then we were translated into the kingdom of God's beloved son. So we came out of one kingdom, darkness, and were brought into another kingdom, love, light, Jesus. These two kingdoms operate in completely opposite ways. Did you know that? Did you know that one kingdom operates in a way that brings, um, um, brings death and destruction, brings misery and confusion, and the other kingdom is one that brings righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. They're completely different. And the enemy, Satan, is that he wants us to keep living in this old kingdom, in this old, in this old way. Or Jesus brought about a new and living way and taught us a new way to live and a new way to think. And he gave us authority over that kingdom that we came out of. Amen? So three things. We have an enemy, the devil, and all of his demons. Number two, Jesus has overcome the enemy. So every devil and demon has been overcome by Jesus. Is that good news? That is good news. Thank you. Someone is excited about good news. I hate being oppressed by Satan. Do you? Do you want Satan to rob you today? No. Do you want Jesus to, do you want to experience his life? Okay, let's get our minds in the kingdom of Jesus. Okay? He's overcome the enemy. And number three, this is really important. He's empowered you to overcome the enemy. He's empowered you. He's empowered you. He's empowered me to overcome the enemy that he overcame. Amen? All right, let's talk about these three. These are, these are reminders. So a lot, I think a lot of you know this, but um, I'm tired of the enemy having a field day in Christians' lives. Okay, I'm tired of Christians that know the word and have been walking with God for years and that Satan is still stealing, killing, and destroying them. And they're getting beat down and discouraged. But I'm telling you today, the saints, that's not your calling. That's not your inheritance. Your inheritance is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Amen. So reminder number one, we have an enemy. Let's look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 to 12. Ephesians 6, verse 10 says this, Finally, be strong in the Lord and the strength of his might. Put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. That's the enemy. That's the bad guy. Don't forget, there's a bad guy. Verse 12, for our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places. Okay, so we got quite the fight here. We've got the devil and we've got powers and world forces and spiritual forces of wickedness. Well, what are those guys? That's Satan's army. 
Okay, he took a third of the angels with him when he fell. How many angels are there? I don't know. I think there are a lot because I know there's a lot of bad guys. <laughs> I've encountered a few of them in my life. Have you? <laughs> we don't like those guys. But we know that there's twice as many good guys. Okay, only one third of the angels fell. Two thirds belong to Jesus still. Okay, and so we have, we have an overcoming spirit. Amen. So, um, so we're not waging war against flesh and blood. When we forget that we have an enemy, when we forget that Satan is real and that Satan is involved in trying to destroy our lives, we are, what, what are we fighting against? We're fighting against the wrong enemy. We're fighting against flesh and blood. We're fighting against people in our lives. We're fighting against world governmental systems. But I tell you, there's a spirit behind all those things. The God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers. When we don't realize that we have an enemy, when we forget, we start fighting against God. We start thinking that God is the reason for all this turmoil and confusion and destruction in our lives. But he's the author of peace. He's the prince of peace. And he came that you might have life and life in abundance. We fight against ourselves. We may be discouraged. We may be weighed down. We may be uh, um, feeling guilty or condemned, but it's, it's and, and, and it's all very, in, and the enemy gets us so focused on ourselves and we start beating ourselves up. When in reality, it's, no, that's the enemy. Not God, not me, not flesh and blood. It's the devil, okay? Now, I don't wanna give the devil too much glory here. There is our flesh that we have to die to daily. There's broken people with carnal thinking that do things to us. And there's, there's just, life. we live in a fallen world where life happens to us and it's, it's tough and it's intense. But I tell you, we cannot forget that we have an enemy. Because if we forget that we have him, he will trip us up and he will overcome us very quickly. Okay, 1 John 5, 19. We know that we are of God, say I am of God, and that the whole world lies under the power of the evil one. So the whole world is under the power of Satan right now. He's involved in the world systems and governments He's involved in every lie and deception that we see in the earth. He has been here from Genesis 1 in the garden and he's rearing his head in a really intense way in Revelation 20. Okay, the devil wants to take down as many people as possible because he knows where he's going, the lake of fire. There's four ways that Satan comes against believers in a very personal way that I wanna remind us of so that we're not taken off guard as this starts to happen. Um, number one, Satan comes against us with temptation. He tries to lure us back into that sin that so easily entangles that we're all caught up in and bound up in before Jesus set us free into the kingdom of the beloved son. He wants to lure us back in. He wants to bring us into, in, in, into that same kind of bondage because he wants to remain the Lord of our lives. Satan um, also tries to lie to us. If he can't get you to actually sin, he wants you to believe a lie. He'll get you to believe, believe a lie about God. Thank you. 
God's goodness, God's faithfulness. God, are you going to come through? God, are you really going to do this thing in my life? Are you going to fulfill this promise? Do you want to minister to me? Do you want to touch me? Do you want to free me in this way? Do you want to break through in this way? Good opportunity, everybody, to silence your cell phones. <laughs> it's okay, it happens. Um, he tries to lie to us. And if we can, and he tries to lie to us not only about God, but about ourselves. Who are we in Christ? See, we might have fallen into sin and he starts lying about our identity. And we forget that we are actually of God, that we are children of God, that we belong to a kingdom of light. Am I making sense here? Okay. Anyone like being lied to? No. Okay. Um, the devil, he is the father of lies. And if we start believing lies about God, about ourselves, about our life circumstances, it gets us easily fearful, confused, discouraged, and it pulls us out of that kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. The devil tries to accuse us. He is the accuser of the brethren. He accuses us before God day and night. I mean, that's pretty intense. You've got someone that hates you so much that wants to say bad things about you to God every single day. I mean, it's just like a, a nonstop Facebook feed <laughs> against you before the Father. But you know what? We have a great high priest and intercessor who continually makes intercession for us. For every accusation of Satan against you, we have our eternal high priest making intercession on our behalf. Amen. We thank you, Jesus. Satan tries finally to intimidate us. And he might do this through throwing a really intense circumstance in our life that brings us fear, whether a financial situation, a family situation, or he may actually in a very overt way come and visit us and a demon comes and ministers to us in the night. I don't know about you, but I've had a few demonic visitations in my bedroom at night. I've woken up to a growling demon, audibly hear it. I've woken up before and I've seen with my eyes spirit, evil spirits hovering over my bed and I'm paralyzed and cannot move until I get out the name of Jesus and they vanish like that. See, Satan, he, he wants to puff himself up to get you scared and fearful and intimidated. And I have, I have bad news and I have good news. The bad news is he's gonna keep going at it. He's gonna look for every opportunity he can. But I have good news for you too. Jesus Christ has defeated the enemy. Amen? This is good news. Let's look at 1 John 3.8. Jesus has defeated the, the enemy by his life on the earth. 1 John 3.8. The one who practices sin is of the devil, for the devil has been sinning from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus, the eternal Son of God, came in the flesh, became human being, born of a virgin, walked on this earth to destroy the works of the devil. What are those works? Sin. 
He wants to destroy sin in your life. He wants to destroy sickness. Jesus wants to destroy sickness in your life. Jesus wants to destroy death. <laughs> All of the work of Satan in your life, Jesus came to destroy. You know, when, if you read through the gospels, I mean, Jesus, he goes into that wilderness and immediately he's visited by Satan. <laughs> I mean, this, it's easy to kind of read this and see like, oh yeah, there's this little dialogue and conversation between Jesus and Satan. But I mean, he's fasting, he's praying 40 days, 40 nights. He's hungry, he's tired. And guess who comes up into his bedroom? Satan himself. Now that sounds like an unpleasant awakening to me. But Jesus knew how to stand against the devil. And Jesus, he overcame Satan in the wilderness and then he came out full of the Holy Spirit and power and he came and bound the strong man and was kicking Satan out of people left and right. Okay, because, and Jesus, he modeled for us. And I'll say more about this lately. But when we, like Jesus, when we overcome in the wilderness, it empowers us to come and kick the devil out in our ministry assignment. But we've got to win here. We've got to win in the private and the secret place. We've got to win when he comes against our mind and our heart. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. Jesus defeated the enemy through his death. Colossians 2, 13 to 15. One of my favorite passages of scripture. When you were dead in your transgressions and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions. Say, I'm forgiven today. I'm alive today in Christ Jesus. I love that we were singing that today, that we're alive because he's alive. It's really true. He's alive in us. He's forgiven us. Verse 14, having canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us, which was hostile to us, and he's taking it out, he's taking it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. He's talking about the debt that we owed God for our sin. Every debt that you owed God was taken care of at the cross. Who likes being in debt? Not me. My wife and I just paid off a big chunk of debt yesterday. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> it feels good to have $11,000 knocked off of, your, off of your ankles. Amen? Come on. Jesus is so good. And I tell you, if that feels good for financial debt to be free from that, how much more a sin against a holy and righteous God for him to say, the debt's canceled. I've paid for it with the blood of my son. You are free. That's really good news. Verse 15, when he had disarmed the rulers and authorities, he made a public display of them, having triumphed over them, through him. So when we were dead, Jesus made us alive. When we owed a debt due to our sin, God paid for that through the blood of his son. And when we were under the kingdom of darkness, Jesus came and disarmed the rulers of the, and the authorities, made a public display over them and triumphed over them. Jesus has defeated Satan and every single demon in this world at the cross. Amen? Hebrews chapter two, verse 14. Another one of my favorites. 
Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same, that through death he might render powerless, say render powerless, him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all of their lives. So Jesus, again, the eternal son of God, came in flesh and blood, partook of our flesh and blood, and that through his own death, he rendered powerless Satan. Satan has been rendered powerless. Is this getting inside of us today, church? Is it getting into us that this enemy that's trying to destroy our lives has already been defeated by Jesus? I hope it is. Jesus overcame the the enemy by his resurrection and ascension. Ephesians 1, verse 20. It's talking about the exceeding greatness of his power from the previous verse. And verse 20 says, that power which he brought about in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places. Far above all rule and authority, and power and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things in subjection under his feet and gave him his head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. So Jesus not only died and defeated Satan by his death, he rose again. I mean, that's what we're singing today, that he overcame, that we, he came out of the tomb, we come out of the tomb. That's good news. That Jesus overcame, we overcome. He was raised up and seated far above, say far above. Far above above all rule and authority, power and dominion. And so when we think of Satan and this enemy, it's important to be aware of him. But if we think he's too powerful, if we forget that Jesus has already defeated him at the cross, we, we can easily become intimidated and put too much focus on the enemy. He's been defeated. And finally, Jesus defeated Satan by delivering us from his dominion. Colossians 1.13. For Jesus, he rescued, or God, the Father, he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. We belonged to one kingdom. We belonged under the dominion and the power and slavery to Satan but now we live in the freedom of of the kingdom of God's beloved son, Jesus. Anyone ever had a demon cast out of them before? Just a question. Okay, a few folks in this room. Feels good when they're gone, doesn't it? Okay. I had a few cast out of me in my 20s. I didn't realize I had an enemy. I didn't realize he had influenced me at that level until when I started trying to proclaim and confess the truth of God's word about my identity, about who I am in Christ, that demon did not want to let go. In fact, he said that really loud to my pastors. I will not let him go. I mean, it was intense. This is is a real story. This is like on the front of the stage in my 20s, with my parents there, getting delivered of a demon 
in front of everybody. That's why I get excited about this. Because when we get set free of these guys, these demons, there's a whole new level of freedom and possibility for us. You know, and I think it's, I'm, I'm hitting this just so directly because it's one of the biggest lies and deceptions of the enemy that he's really not that active in the world. And, you know, I had a, a I was talking to a pastor friend of mine in these past few weeks, part of a, a big Protestant denomination, um, and actually is, is very personally very affirming of, of the gifts and the power of the Holy Spirit, which is not the same for everybody in his denomination, um, but a um, great man of God, but had uh, a few weeks ago started asking me about my personal experience with um, exorcisms. <laughs> getting demons, and, and, and I guess I had made some passing reference that I'd had a demon cast out of me before. I don't remember that conversation, but he did. <laughs> I was like, when did I tell you that? Uh, but um, it, uh, he was asking me about it and just asking me the details of the experience and how I think that thing got in there in the first place and all these kinds of things. Um, but the, the reason he told me, he says, you know, a year ago, I wouldn't have ever been having this conversation. He said, but my, my wife right now, one of her coworkers has a 14-year-old daughter that is extremely suicidal, um, is, been, is on a 24-hour watch, has been into multiple rehab programs and psychiatrists and such and such, has gone through all the medical stuff and nothing has worked. And, and now, um, and her, her daughter is telling her, the demons are telling me to kill myself. And this mom is not a believer, not a Christian, has zero grid for this, and, and doesn't know what to do. Um, I come to find out in this conversation, I'm asking a lot of questions, because um, that this not only has this, is this young girl hearing demonic voices, that she um, has actually made blood packs with other Satan, Satanists, um, um, people involved in witchcraft. And they basically dedicated their lives to Satan. And this is, this is my pastor friend. He's just like, I'm, I'm calling around. I'm reading any book you can give me here because I've never encountered this in decades of ministry. And he, and he, and he told me recently, he said, 98% of the people in my circle will think I'm crazy if I talk to them about this. And these are Christians. These are pastors. Okay, beloved, we've got to get aware of the devil's schemes here. I've been praying for this girl and I'm praying for an update here, but he's, he's prepared to go in. I said, you need to take in the anointing oil in the name of Jesus, you know, and you need to kick this thing out of her. Um, can we just pray for that young girl right now together? Will you lift up your, her name's Kylie. We want to cry out for freedom for Kylie. Father, we ask for freedom for Kylie right now in Jesus' name. We ask that she would encounter the love and power of Jesus Christ. We ask that the voice of the one who's, who's got the voice of the sound of many rushing waters would come rushing to her heart and would silence every lie of the accuser. 
Lord, come and break the power of evil over Kylie's life right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you for my pastor friends. I ask you to give them wisdom and confidence to go in here and deliver this young girl. Father, show her the love of the Father. Show her the love of your son, Jesus Christ, and set her free from every demon. We say, Satan, you must let Kylie go right now in Jesus' name. Let her go. Let her go. Let her go in Jesus' name. Amen. Just got real, didn't it? It becomes real when your 14-year-old is getting harassed by this guy. It comes real when your child or your parent or your beloved one is getting assaulted. I tell you that this demon is real. But I tell you that the victory that Jesus paid for at the cross is even more powerful, is even more real. And he has authority over every devil in hell and they will all be cast there at the end. And beloved, you and I have an important part to play in destroying the works of the devil on this earth. We are not spectators here. We've got to go in and set these people free. I needed a pastor to come in and rebuke that demon that was manifesting in me and say, get out of him now in Jesus' name. Number three, Jesus Christ has empowered us to overcome the enemy. Ephesians 2, verse four. But God being rich in mercy... Because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our wrongdoings, made us alive. Say, I'm alive. alive. He made us alive together with Christ. By grace, you have been saved and raised us up with him. Say, I'm raised up with Jesus. And seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Say, I'm seated in heaven in Christ Jesus. So that in the ages to come, he might show us the boundless riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Jesus Christ. That's really good. So we've, we've, when we were dead in our transgressions, we were made alive in Christ. But he, as he was made alive, he rose and ascended. When Jesus rose and ascended, we rose and ascended. Okay, you've been seated in heavenly places. And if you remember from our last point, Jesus, he's above every, far above, far above every principality and power, not just a little bit, not just like Satan's right there scratching the little feet of Jesus. I'm talking far above, galaxies beyond. We get in the charismatic circles and the second heavens thing, and I, I think it's real. But the third heaven where Jesus reigns is far above the second. Where the demons rule is far below our King Jesus. And we have been seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, far above all rule and authority, might and dominion, above every name that is named in this age and the age to come. The name of Jesus is higher, friends. And it's stamped on your heart. It's imprinted. It's written with the fire of God's finger in your soul. And Jesus... He seated us in heavenly places and he's empowered us by his Holy Spirit to overcome the evil one. Luke 10, 18 to 19. He sent his disciples on a missionary journey and he says, go cast out demons, preach the kingdom, heal the sick, get the devil out of people because I don't like that guy and I'm tired of him oppressing people. And so they come back excited. 
And I mean, when you see a demon come out of somebody, it's really like, yes, praise God. If anyone's seen the Chosen series, the episode where there's an exorcism, you see John the Baptist, yeah! (laughs) I mean, that's what it's like when someone gets free. Satan has stopped oppressing them. But Jesus, he told his disciples, they're all excited that the demons come out. He says, look, I was watching Satan fall from heaven like lightning. You saw a person getting delivered. I saw Satan falling from heaven. Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure you. We can go in with confidence. We don't have to be afraid of the devil. We can kick him out of people and we rejoice that our name is written in the book of life, that we are in heavenly places far above all rule and authority, might and dominion forever. That's good news. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me and lives in you. He lives in you. He lives in you. The spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives inside of Tommy. I mean, think about that. He was dead for three days. And that spirit raised up him in the body. I'm talking about they couldn't find the body. That same spirit lives in you. And it lives in me. You think that spirit inside of you is afraid of the devil? Okay, he's not. Do you think the devil's afraid of him? Yes. He is, trust me. This is the same spirit that anointed Jesus to preach, to heal, to cast out demons. I gotta get those things out. This spirit is God himself. And Jesus himself has baptized us in the Holy Spirit and power. So he's not only empowered us though, but he's, he's given us ex- an example and given us specific instructions on how to overcome the enemy in our lives. Mark four, verse four. And then I'm gonna skip to verse 10 and 11. This is Jesus in the wilderness here. Again, he's fasting, he's praying and Satan comes and visits him during his little prayer meeting with the father. And he's lying, he's, he's, coming against Jesus with words. And Jesus says, but Jesus answered and said to him, Jesus answered and said to him, I have actually forgot to write the rest on my notes. So I need to look up. <laughs> I just have dot, dot, dot. I'm like, what did he say? <laughs> Jesus answered and said to the demon, <laughs> said to the devil, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Verse 10, then Jesus said to him, say said to him. He said to him, God go Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. I didn't have it written again. So he said, so he opened his mouth and he said to Satan, it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and serve him only. And then what happened? Then the devil left him. And behold, angels came and began to minister to him. So Jesus overcame the devil, a demonic visitation. Oh, demons visit me at night. I'm so oppressed. Jesus had Satan come to him in the wilderness, people. Come on. (laughs) And he lives in you. And you know how he overcame him? Not with his thoughts. I'm going to think Satan away. Not with his feelings. I'm going to wait till I feel really confident and powerful. 
He said to him, he spoke, he opened his mouth. The word of God made flesh, opened his human mouth and the word of God came shooting out of that mouth and pierced Satan in the heart. Come on, guys. I'm not, I'm not trying to hype. I am genuinely excited about this because I hate the devil and I hate when he comes into my bedroom and I want him out. How do I do that? I've got to open my mouth here. I've got to speak the word of God. We don't overcome him with our thoughts. We don't overcome him with our feelings. We overcome him with our words. The word of God. It is written. Well, you're just a no good, nothing. You're stupid. You're going to fail. Da, da, da. It is written. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I'm guilty, I'm condemned, I just did this thing, I, I, I looked at pornography, I did this, I just yelled at my wife or whatever it is. It is written, I am the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. I tell you, that truth got me out of a porn addiction. I am the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Well, I just did it yesterday or I just did it this morning. The blood of Jesus, one sacrifice for all time has perfected the saints forever in Hebrews chapter 10. That same blood comes and rushes again on the inside of you. You confess your sins. He is faithful and just to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. And so we can confidently and boldly say, Satan, it is written, I am the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for making me the righteousness of your son. Well, I'm gonna be poor my whole life. I can never get ahead financially. This thing is coming against me and I'm always gonna be in lack. It is written that when you bring the whole tithe and offering into the storehouse, that God will open up the windows of heaven, that he will bless the work of your hands and he will rebuke that devourer. He will rebuke the bad guy. He'll get the devil out of your bank account. Praise God. We've gotta get it as written here. We've gotta get it written on our hearts. We gotta get spoken out of our mouth. How do I do that? You say it, you pray it, you sing it, you spray it. I mean, you spit it, you get it out. I am a child of God, full of faith. I am a child of God. You put your hands up, say, I am alive because he's alive. I am alive because he's alive. I am alive, I'm not dead to sin anymore. I am alive in Jesus Christ. I am alive in him because he is alive in me. Thank you, Lord. We overcome Satan with our voice. First Peter five. What if he comes back? You know, the devil left Satan, <laughs> the devil left Jesus, um, but he came back for an opportune time. He's looking for opportunities to come back at you. So we gotta be aware. But 1 Peter 5 tells us exactly what to do if that happens. First of all, verse six says, therefore humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you at the proper time. We've got to humble ourselves. We've got to come before God humbly and remember that we need him. We only overcome because he overcame. It's not Matthew's strength. It's, it's what Jesus did at the cross in his resurrection ascension. 
It's the power of his spirit working in me. We humble ourselves before another. The context of this passage is actually talking about your relationship with, with, with church leadership, which I know can be a touchy subject here, but it's, it's telling people honor and respect and humble yourselves. Um, and I tell you, I'm, I'm a leader. I'm not a perfect leader. And I've made a lot of mistakes. And I'm sure some of you have been hurt by leaders here, but it's uh, um, just in life, any leaders, any church, I've met so many people with church wounds. And I tell you that the enemy wants us to get in this accusation and bitterness towards leadership, but God's saying, no, humble yourselves. I will exalt you at the proper time. Well, they didn't, they didn't honor me or they didn't, they, they, they did it, or I didn't, I, my side wasn't hurt. God will exalt you at the proper time if you will humble yourself. You really got to ask the Lord how to posture your heart in those situations. I could say a whole message on that. Um, so that's the first thing. We've got to humble ourselves. Secondly, casting all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. We've got to pour out our anxieties and our, our cares to the Lord. When they, and, and that comes through our prayers. That comes through our voice. We don't get all, all of our cares and anxieties by thinking about them constantly. That's what's weighing so many believers down. But the Lord is saying, no, you don't have to be anxious for anything, but by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, make your request known to God and the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your hearts, your minds in Christ Jesus. We've got to keep casting those cares and anxiety upon the Lord. Verse eight, be of sober spirit, be on the alert. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. <sighs> we gotta be awake. We gotta be alert. Satan does wanna come back. Now, I'm not talking about anxious fearfulness of trying to find the devil around every corner here, but I'm just saying, you know, I know that he's gonna try to come back. You know, as I've been praying about this, and I started, and I felt like the Lord wanted to, to, to do, um, to teach on overcoming the enemy. I mean, he comes, in, the, the enemy comes into our bedroom with a, with a terror dream that week. And, you know, my wife talks to me about it and I just said, you know, that doesn't surprise me. And so I'm on the alert, even coming into Sunday, I'm saying, I'm, we're going to take communion before we go to bed tonight because I'm about to expose the work of the enemy. And we just need to be ready in case he tries to come up here. We're just ready to knock him in the face with the word of God. Amen. Come on. <laughs> come on, Nicole. Given <laughs> um, He's looking for an opportunity to devour. If we ignore and just be, pretend he doesn't do anything, then, then we're going to be taken off guard. Verse nine, the next key that God gives us is resist him firm in your faith knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren who are around the world. So, uh, so a couple of keys here. We resist him firm in faith. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ, amen? So if we wanna be firm in faith, we've gotta have the word of Christ. We resist the devil by having the word of Christ richly dwelling in our hearts, which means it's coming from our heart out of our mouth, from our heart out of our mouth. We resist Satan with the word of God, just like Jesus did. You got to use your voice out loud. Knowing that the same experiences of suffering are being accomplished by your brethren 
who are in the world. So you gotta know that you're not alone. You know that Satan doesn't just bother you. <laughs> you know that Satan doesn't just come into your bedroom and come into your finances, come into your life. People all around the world are experiencing this. That, that gives us, that, that, that helps us get free of this victim mentality that it's all, the devil's just after me, he's after me. No, he's just, he's just after everybody because that's what he does. And that kind of takes us to say, oh Lord, I wanna pray for that person too who's experiencing oppression and suffering. Lord, come minister to them. Come set Kylie free. Come set this person free. Come set that person free. And it strengthens us. And then verse 10, after you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. To him be dominion forever and ever. Amen. So um, after you've suffered for a little while, now that's not a very fun part, but um, it is a little while. There is a little bit of suffering that the enemy inflicts on us. But if we do these things, if we humble ourselves, if we cast our anxieties upon the Lord who cares for us, if we're of sober spirit on the alert, knowing that the devil is looking for an opportunity, if we know, if we resist him firm in the faith, which means the word of God, coming out of our mouths, richly dwelling in our hearts, and we know that others are experiencing this same suffering, that will strengthen us. And then the God of all grace, after that time of suffering, he will perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. You know, when Jesus, after Satan had left him in the wilderness, the angels came and ministered to him. God will come himself and strengthen you. He will minister to you and you will grow in maturity. I tell you, when you encounter a new devil, that's like level up opportunity. You know, I used to play video games growing up and you know, you couldn't, you didn't have enough like skills to beat the bad guy. You went into the open arena and you looked for a fight <laughs> to beat someone you knew you could and you came out stronger. Okay, I'm not talking about just going to look for the death, but I'm just saying, Lord, I wanna be in your will. I wanna go along your way. And I mean, when that demon rears its head, I'm just ready, knock him out with the word of God. And I do that. And I get in the word, as Tracy talked about last week in renewing our mind. And I say, I mean, I've got a whole thing here, forgiveness and freedom. He's rescued me from the kingdom of darkness, transferred me to the kingdom of his beloved son. If anyone's in Christ, he is a new creation. I, if, if, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive. We get these and I, I take them slow. I'm like, God, thank you that you're, you've delivered me here. You've forgiven me. You've cleansed me. I sing it to him. I put on worship songs that embody these truths. And that strengthens us. So if I can have Bethany come up, we're going to close. I want to have um, us take communion together. Because when we take communion, we remember Jesus' sacrifice. We remember that that enemy has been defeated. We proclaim his death.
three reminders. We have an enemy. It's the devil and all his demons. The enemy is not God. The enemy is not your neighbor, your spouse, yourself. Number two, Jesus has overcome the enemy. He's defeated him by his life, his death, his resurrection, and his ascension. And he's brought us out of the dominion of Satan into his own kingdom. And then finally, Jesus has empowered us to overcome the enemy. This last truth, it keeps us engaged. It keeps us on the alert. It keeps us a sober spirit. You know, and I just want to be, want to be real and acknowledge that sometimes that, that discouragement, that feeling of defeat or whatever it may be, it's very real. I don't want to invalidate any of that, but I want to, I want to tell you that you don't have to live under that on a day-to-day. And it's going to take our engagement. It's going to take getting the word of God in our mouths. It is written and taking the authority that Jesus has given us.